0: here is your radio theater channel weekly podcast for download the rtc still has the very best old time radio on the live streaming and if it's music you love tune in to the rtc music channel where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradio now here's jim hello and welcome to the rtc weekly download i'm your host jim dolan well, in 30 minutes, we'll be visiting with Doris Day and her buddies. But first, it's off to the Old West with Frontier Gentlemen. This is episode 17 in the series called The Cowboy from 1958. There's a saying in the
1: West that a cowboy is a man with guts and a horse. This is the story of one. His name was Slim. Slim. <laughs> Frontier, gentlemen. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now starring John Boehner... This is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. I had bought a horse in Cheyenne and was riding to Laramie in Wyoming Territory. I wanted a chance to really look at this grazing country and the thousands of heads of cattle dotting its plains. I rode north of the railroad tracks until the telegraph poles lining it were lost in a dusty haze. And I saw clouds, heavy and bronze, over the distant mountains. It was during the afternoon that I came upon the cowboy, a lean man of about 30, with a cigarette hanging from his lips. He was examining the right foreleg of his horse, and he looked up as I approached. Hello. Howdy. You need any help? Fool horse stepped in a gopher hole. Don't seem to be no spring, though. Ah. Uh, fine-looking animal. He ain't a bad old buzzard head. Hey, you English? <laughs> yes. You a ranch man? No, no. A newspaper correspondent. Oh. thought maybe if you was a ranch man, you'd be looking for a hand. I'm sorry. You don't make no never mind. I'm chasséing over to Laramie. They're going to get me a job on one of them new layouts. I hear tells open up. I'm bound for Laramie myself. You... Oh. Mind if I ride with you? Well, I take it as real friendly. Quit it, you moonite son of a gun. Hope still. You think we'll have rain? Eh, don't feel like it. Of course, you can't tell with them clouds. I've been on the range, and there ain't been nothing but blue up there. And wangle, down she comes. hail as big as your fist. I tell you, nature's a skittish beast. Ain't know how bridlewise. wise... Oh, incidentally, my name is Kendall. Slim, right, Slim? Been in these parts long? Oh, a few weeks. I came down from Montana territory by way of Deadwood. That's so. Yeah, here, Wild Bill Hickok got plugged a while back in Deadwood. Yeah. I was there when it happened. That's so. Mm. What happened to the fella that done it? McCall? Yeah, that was his name, Jack McCall. He, he was tried. The jury found him not guilty. That's so. Mm. Mm. Did you know him? No, just here. Oh. What do you write about in your newspaper? Well, I see people out here, their way of living. Kind of different than England, huh? <laughs> yes, it's quite different. Ain't no plains and mountains or rivers. Ain't nothing back eastern England like we got here. That's true. Don't figure how come a man went to live back here. Well, it's a different kind of country, a different kind of life. It's a... huh. It Didn't sound like no regular shooting. Well, old steel horse, I'll mash your sides in. Seems to come from the hills. Yeah, reckon someone's in trouble. Let's go. Uh-huh. Range of hills, low lying, somber, about a mile to our north. It was from that direction we heard the shots. Slim's horse easily outdistanced mine, and by the time I reached the first slopes, the cowboy had disappeared into a canyon. Over here. Uh. What's the matter with him? Looks like he's been locking horns with some Indians. I was just riding up to him when he fell down. There's half an arrow in him. Broke off. Now, take it easy, part. Kendall, you better take his rifle. Keep an eye out. Yeah. No shells in it. Rappaho's. Rappaho's got it. Where? Where? Where did they go? Up the Canyon Trail. Waggon and horses? Clara? Oh, that's too bad. Too bad. He ain't gonna have no breakfast again forever, that's for sure. What about the woman, Clara? I guess she's still alive, though maybe she'd rather not be. Indians keep captured white women around, sometimes for hostage, sometimes for... Other things. Well, do you think we'd have a chance of catching up with them? It might. Depends on how long a start they got and how many. I'd kind of like to bury him first. Ain't fitting for a man to lie out in the open after he's curled up. But it'll take time. What about the woman? It won't go no better or worse with her for the time. That ground's too hard for hand digging. we would have to make a rock grave. Tell you what, though. You start on it. I'll work up the canyon a bit, see if I can find science. Now, if you hear three shots, come a running. I'll do the same for you. Right. We wait. He may have some shells left for the Winchester. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something. Eight of them. You better keep the rifle here. So long. I began the task of burying the dead man. From letters and a homestead deed in his pockets, I found that his name was Theodore Belding. It was also a tin type of a young, rather pretty woman whom I gathered to be his wife, Clara. It took the better part of 45 minutes to complete the grave, and it wasn't until almost an hour later that Slim returned. Well, I found the trail. Followed it away up. There was four Indians in the wagon. They cleared the wagon and left it burned. Tuck the horses, though, and the woman. What are our chances? Can you shoot? I'm fair. And I ain't done any trailing since five years back, but we ain't got nothing to lose. Be getting dark by and by. We'll keep going till light gives out. you know this country, Slim? Not much, but a man can read a lot of things from places he ain't been. Here. That's where they stopped the wagon, see? Oh, you mean those double-wheel ruts? Yeah. Must have ambushed him from over there. And the feller fell here. See the blood spots? Guess he made things hot for him for a spell. Were you an Indian scout, Slim? Yeah, for a while. Worked with custard. Oh? What did you think of him? For him, I got a can of cuss words and I best keep the lid on it. Yeah, we'll save our breath for breathing from here on. I want to be able to hear what there is to hear. We went on up the canyon, slim reading the ground, or, as he put it, following sign. For a mile or more, the trail was obvious, even to the most unpracticed eye. But after we passed the burned-out wagon, it became more difficult to follow. For another hour, we rode in silence. The sun was beginning to set. A cool breeze was sweeping down The canyon. Oh, Ooh, now. Please. You hear that? Could mean Indians made a camp. Those crows ain't flying. Figure they're sitting in the trees waiting for a handout. Uh, unless they're feeding on carrion. It wouldn't be cawn if there were. Sounds as if they're in those trees. See, just over the rise? Don't seem smart enough for Indians to make a camp this early. Or well, they know we're following and they're waiting for us. Now, shut your mouth, you glandered, spavined coyote. Hoss smells them. Now yeah, we better tie the critters up. All right. Pull down that injured rubber nut year pale pink wall-eyed son of a gun. I'll skin you alive. Did you think that slim? it might be an idea to work our way through the trees instead of along the canyon wall, huh? Yeah, I sure do. That old sun's right behind us. We make awful pretty targets. Keep in the shadows as much as you can. We'll just figure they got no weapons excepting bow and arrow. That gives us a might advantage. You all set? Yes. Come on, then. And watch out for twigs and dry leaves. Walk soft. Ahead of us, through the trees and shrubs, lay the brow of the rise. We made our way upward until we were within ten yards of the top. That's when I saw a glint in the sunlight and a trickle of sand moving down the slope toward us. Get down! In a moment, we return to Frontier Gentlemen. Does that sound go with this music? Sure it does, when it's the sound of the shutters coming off the summer place in the woods, in the mountains, or at the shore. Only five more days from now, all America opens up the summer place as we swing into the three-day Memorial Day weekend. The first great outdoor holiday of the year. But first, what does your summer place need? In the refrigerator, on the kitchen shelves, the bathroom shelves, round the grill. Check now. Make a list now. Buy at your grocer's, your druggist, your hardware store. Then you'll be all set for that great big three-day weekend. And say, don't forget to have your portable radio checked and ready. Wherever you spend your happy holiday, there's a CBS radio network station to keep you posted on the weather and the news. And now we return you to the Anthony Ellis production of Frontier Gentlemen. Uh, 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 phew! You got good eyes, Kendall. I sure could feel the sawdust in my beard that time. Where are they? Well, one of them's between the boulders, a little to the right of the clump of alders. There, you can see the rifle sight. Want to try a shot with a Winchester? No, not yet. Only eight shells. We better save them. How many rounds you got for your gun? About 20. I got near the same. Say 50 rounds, tween guns and rifle. Not bad if it don't take too long. How many you figure we're shooting? Two, from the sound of it. Sharps repeaters, that's for sure. Well, we sure cut a big gut that time. Seems to me the only thing to do now is to wait until it's dark. There's no other way to get at them without being seen. I'm wondering what our chances are after dark. We ain't in the best position. Might be we ought to pull back down canyon, wait for morning before we pick up the trail. And what about the woman? Well, if she's still alive, she knows there's help around. Thanks, right, man! Come out from trees. We'll make medicine. <laughs> Here's an Indian couldn't drive nails in a snowbank. He's trying to draw a fire. Locate us. We'll let him. You want to make medicine, Siwash? You come down here. That came from the left, higher up. One of them must be in a tree. I think I can see him. Yeah, there's enough sticking out. Gone, gone now. Not on this side. Now there's one good Indian. Where'd you learn to shoot like that, mister? Odd places. I'm hit. Where? Oh, I'm hit in the arm. Oh, man, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. Let me see now, Slim. Ooh. Ooh. Well, it ain't the gun hand, anyhow. Can you, you bind it up? Yes. I keep down now. White man! You want white woman? We talk. Maybe you pay gold get our back. Come down here. We'll talk. How does it feel now, Like a brand in irons inside. Well, there's. Not too much bleeding, though. That's something. Sure wish we had more cover. I feel naked as a painted cat laying Light out here. Man. We've come down top! You shoot, woman die! What do you think? Yeah, we might have them buffaloed. Let him come. But watch him for tricks. They got a hundred. Come down! We'll hold our fire! There's only one of them. Now, if he ain't a setting duck against that, snow. There's two more, though. They must be with the woman. Yeah, maybe. Keep your eyes peeled. White man has been wounded. (laughs) Indian has been killed. We are many. You are, two. Climb down, Siwash. There were four of you, now there's three. I have a Little Knife, chief of the hole. You're Little Knife, a renegade dog who steals women. Little Knife, not renegade. Fight with Crazy Horse. Little Knife, not steal woman. Take woman. Like white man take Little Knife land. Maybe kill white woman. Like white man kill Indian woman and child. The war is over. There's no more killing on either side. White men say war is finished. Not Indian. Quit your coyoting around the rim, Indian. What about the woman? You give me your guns, rifle, and gold. I give her to you. I'll see you hung up to dry first. Not our guns or rifle, but perhaps some gold. How much? How much you got? A hundred dollars? Not enough. That's all there is. All guns and hundred dollars. No. I go back. Maybe you hear a woman die, then you pay. Maybe you don't go back, Siwash. What about that? Like all white men, break word of truce. You speak of honor and murder with the same breath? We can kill you all. We wait for night, then we kill. I got a finger. It's itching right now to wait for nothing. Little Knife not afraid to die. Little Knife, you... You took the belongings in the white man's wagon. Return the woman, and we let you keep it all. That and a hundred dollars in gold. You'll let Little Knife keep what he already has. Not a trade. Listen, you double-distilled son of a gun. I seen a fair-sized anthill down the canyon away... How would you like to be staked out? I make good offer. Woman for guns and hundred dollars. You say no, I go back now. Soon as the night. Then we take your guns and the gold. The Indian turned and moved back up the slope. For a moment I had an uncontrollable desire to shoot. Then I thought of the woman, of what would happen to her. I lowered the rifle. We shifted our positions a few yards to the right, and we lay there, waiting. And the darkness settled into the canyon. Funny thing. Huh? What? We ain't heard no sound from the woman. Yeah. I was thinking of that myself. I wonder if she's all right. Should be better in three quarter moon tonight, coming up in a while. They gonna try something. It'll be a four of the moon. Slim, I think we'd better sit back to back in case they circle around us. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking. Wish I had me a drink of red eye right now. I know a place in Dodge. i will tell you, Kendall, a shot of that tornado juice would draw a blood blister and a raw boot. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Oh, shucks, that ain't nothing. Tell her what runs the saloon. He serves a free snake with every drink. Shh. Shh. Ah! That ain't what you think. It ain't no woman, that's an Indian. I know, I've heard him before. They want us to think it's her. Are you sure? I'll show you. Hey, you crowbait dogs, which one of you is a squaw? <laughs> See what I mean? Yes. One thing I don't understand. What's that? Why do they stay here? Why not ride off with the woman? Yeah, I figure there's two reasons. First, Little Knives probably left the reservation. Ain't got no particular place to go. Second, they want our guns. Indian will do a lot of fool things to get hold of a gun. Come to think of it, there's... There's something else. Oh? Yeah. Maybe they're low on bullets. You reckon? Yeah, It's quite possible. That's why they haven't attacked. Sure. Sure, they're using sharps repeaters. That fellow's Winchester ain't the same caliber. So whatever shells they picked up in the wagon ain't worth a thing. In which case, we don't wait for them to attack us. Oh, I know what you're getting at, but it won't work. Why not? That wouldn't be no good. Not with his busted wings. Slim, you stay here. Cover me with the rifle. Uh Uh-uh. No, he'll hear you before you get ten feet up the rise. Slim, I'll admit that I'm a comparative greenhorn in your territory, but I've had the dubious pleasure of slitting a number of throats under similar circumstances in India. Those chaps didn't hear me. I'll take my chances with these Are You going to use a knife? Oh, if I have to, yes. (laughs) You sure are a funny kind of Englishman. Here, take your rifle. Mister. I sure hope you know what you're doing. (laughs) So do I. I crawled out of the hollow and inched my way up the slope. I had seen the flash of the Indian's rifle and knew his approximate location. In the direction I was taking, I planned to reach the top of the hill some yards from where I had last seen him. It was slow. Slow. Then, as I raised my head over the summit, I saw the great orange glow of the rising moon and silhouetted against it the crouching form of the Indian half turned from me behind a boulder I drew out my knife (coughs) he died without a sound then I made out little knife and the remaining Indian they were a few feet away standing over a gagged and bound body and in the constantly growing moonlight I saw the chief bend down the glitter of steel in his hand. This time I knew it would be a woman's scream I was going to hear.
2: Little knife! Huh?
1: Enough. Enough. It's all right, Slim. She's alive. She's all right. I cut the ropes, loosened the gag from the woman's mouth, and for a long moment she only looked at me. Then she began to cry. I carried her down the slope to where Slim was waiting. Then I went back to get the Indian horses and the things which had belonged to Belding and his wife. After that, Slim and I took her to Laramie in Wyoming territory. Frontier Gentleman was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Jack Moyles as Slim and Lawrence Dobkin as Little Knife. Join us again next week for another report from... The Frontier Gentleman. Dan Coverley speaking.
2: Today, here, Jack Benny on the CBS Radio Network.
0: Before we visit with Doris Day, let's drop in on Baby Snooks. Daddy, played by Henry Stafford, has to visit his boss, who is sick in the hospital, to discuss some important business matters. Just to make things tough, Snooks has forced Daddy to take her with him. As the scene opens, they are seated in the hospital waiting room.
2: Listen. Is this the hospital, Daddy?
0: Yes,
3: this is the hospital. And be quiet, Snooks.
4: It smells funny.
3: Well, all, all hospitals smell like this.
4: Why?
3: On account of the antiseptic. Anti who? Antiseptic. Antiseptic has a disagreeable odor.
4: Why don't they give her a (laughs) bath?
3: Now listen, I'm not going to sit here and answer a lot of your nonsensical questions, and stop jumping up and down like a nervous cat.
4: That man's doing it. Look at him, Daddy.
3: Yes, he's an expectant father.
4: Does he expect his father, Daddy?
3: No, he expects a baby. Why? Oh, (laughs) leave me alone. Snooks, stop pacing behind that poor fellow.
2: Where's he going now, Daddy?
3: He's going in to speak to the doctor. He's nervous. Why? Maybe he knows what's coming. (laughs) Come over here and sit next to me.
2: Let me see your voice, Daddy.
3: We can't go in yet.
2: Why?
3: Because the nurse is in his room attending to him.
2: What's Nurse doing, Daddy?
3: I don't know. I suppose she's doing what all nurses have to do.
4: <laughs> my nurse used to have to take me... Now, never mind
3: that. <laughs> this is a different kind of a nurse. This is a trained nurse.
4: Ah. Oh. She's doing tricks in
3: there. No. Stop asking questions.
2: Why? Oh, just
3: stop it, that's all. <laughs> I don't want to be squabbling with you when we go in to see my boss. He's a very sick man.
2: What's the matter with him, Daddy.
3: Well, he's suffering from a respiratory condition.
2: Respiratory condition?
3: Yes. When he gets out of here, he's going to Switzerland for his lungs.
2: Did he leave them there?
3: No, he didn't leave them there. He's got them here. Where? Inside his body. I want to see them. Now, don't start that nonsense, Snooks. And another thing: when we go in his room, I want you to walk on tiptoe, so as not to jar his nerves, and just say, "Here's some fruit." And I hope you feel better, Mr. Watt. Who's he? My boss. What's his name? Yes. Huh? That's his name. What? Yes, what is my boss's name? I
2: don't know. I'm not asking you.
3: I'm telling you. The name of my boss is what? His first name is Hugh. Me? Not you. Hugh. That's his first name. And what is his last name?
2: <laughs> what are you yelling about? Because you won't tell me his name.
3: Oh, listen, Snooks. Everybody has a first name and a last name. My boss has a first name and I have a first name. You know my first name?
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
3: Are you sure? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You do too. What does mummy call me?
2: Fathead. She does not.
3: And don't remind me of it. Ah, oh, what kind of a child can you expect when you marry a fishwife? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to be sure you don't
3: upset my boss the way you do me. In fact, I think we'd better have a little rehearsal before we go in there.
2: All right, Daddy.
3: Now, I'll be the boss. Now, don't forget, I'm very sick. What's the matter with you, Dad? Oh, nothing's the matter with me. You said you were sick. I'm not sick. My boss is sick. But right now, I'm my boss, so I must be sick.
4: All right, get sick, Daddy.
3: Now, don't worry. It's no job with you around. Now, let's try it. Here we go.
4: Where are we going? Oh, nowhere.
3: All right, come into the room. Be very quiet. Now I'm sick in bed. There's nurses and doctors all around. And what's the first thing you say? Show me the baby. <laughs> there isn't any baby. My mommy got sick. No, no, that has nothing to do with this. You just say I'm awful sorry you're sick, Mister Watt. Here's some fruit. You understand? Uh huh. Now let's try it again. All right, I'm sick. Oh. How,
4: Mister Watt? I'm awful <laughs> sorry
3: you're sick. That's good. Well, go on. Where's the fruit? I ate it on the way to the hospital. What? Oh, huh? oh, Smokes? did you really eat all that fruit?
2: I was hungry.
3: Oh, this is a fine how do you do.
2: I'm fine how you do. Oh, stop that.
3: I'm going to take you ride right home before you cause me any more trouble.
2: I want to see the boss's lungs. I told you you can't see his lungs.
3: Oh, come on, let's get out of
2: here. I'll be good, Daddy.
3: All right. Now, just remember, when you get in his room, don't speak unless you're spoken to My boss tells you he's very sick, you just say, I'm awful sorry.
4: I'm awful sorry.
3: And to cheer him up when he says he doesn't think he'll recover, you just say, I hope they'll pull you through.
4: I hope they'll
3: pull you through. That's all you have to remember. I'm awful sorry, and I hope they'll pull you through. Is that clear? Uh huh. Oh, there's the nurse signaling to us. Oh, come on, we can go in. Now be quiet, Snooks. Well, hello, Mr. Watt. Hello, Higgins. I, uh. I brought my little daughter to cheer you up. Oh, hello, Snooks. It's nice of you to come.
4: How do you feel, Mr. Watt?
3: Well, Snooks, I think I'll recover. Oh, I'm awful sorry. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's a nice thing to say to a man who's at death's door.
3: I hope they'll you through. (laughs)
2: Oh, (laughs) God. Oh,
3: here to me up. Oh, Higgins. I, uh, she doesn't know what she's saying, Mr. Watt I want to
2: see you No, oh. <laughs> Take that
3: child out of here right away Call a nurse <laughs> His
2: face is getting red, Daddy oh. Stop
3: that Sit there and don't open your mouth Oh, my flesh is going up Higgins, I'm a sick man Why do you do this to me? Honestly, Mr. Watt, I do You realize know. what I've got? Did you ever hear of a disease that sends your blood pressure up 60 points in two seconds? Makes your head spin, and doesn't let you get a minute's rest? Hear of it, brother. I am his father. I to go home. I told you to keep quiet. Well, Mr. What? I'll come back later alone, and we can go over the stuff then if you feel all right. Well, all right, Higgins, but I I don't think I'll be able to sit up in bed. Oh, no? No, I I'm a little stiff. <laughs> What's <laughs> so funny about that?
2: Daddy said you went a big step. Oh, come on, let's get out
3: of here. You wait. Um, hey, come here. Don't run down that hall. They're feeding the babies.
2: I want to hear the babies cry. Oh, you do, do you? <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> now it's back to 1952 for the Doris Day Show. Transcribed. From Hollywood, with Danny Thomas and Mrs. Gus Kahn as her guests, it's the Doris Day Show. Yes, from Columbia Square in Hollywood, here's our lovely singing star, Doris Day.
5: Hi, everybody. And here we go with Who, Who, Who?
4: Who's little boy? Who's little boy? Who's little boy are you? Who's chickadee? Who's honeybee? Who's little he Are you? Who, 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 who's little male? Who's ginger ale? Who's fairy tale come true? Who, who's little lamb? Strawberry jam? Who's candy jam? Who, who, who is a lucky girl? You saved all your kissing for. Who is the whom? To whom the groom? Soon will mean all this and more, too. Who do you know? Who loves you so? Who is feeling mighty fine? Who she? She's me, little boy. Why, little boy, am I, little boy, am I? Cats and jammer thinks you are the cat's pajamas. Who who? was it I had to tell you, yes indeed I love you. Ask the bees above you. Who 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 who? Butcher, baker, doctor, lawyer, candle maker. Who who? I know you know the answer. Guess I am the who's this? Guess I am the what's
2: little? Who are you?
4: And who 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 is the lucky girl? You saved all your kissing for. Who is the who? To whom the groom soon will mean all this and more to Who do you know who loves you so Who's feeling mighty fine oh, she. She's me little boy. Why, little boy, my little boy, my little boy
5: Ladies and gentlemen You know, I'm really so glad You could be with us tonight Because two very dear friends of mine Are joining us Mrs. Gus Kahn And one of my very favorite guys Danny Thomas And speaking of favorites and guys I'd like to do one of my favorite new songs Which also happens to be about a guy Who really is a guy
2: I
4: walk down the street Like a good girl should He followed me down the street like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be So listen and I'll tell you what this fella did to me I walked to my house like a good girl should He followed me to my house like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be So listen while I tell you what this fella did to me I never saw the before, So nothing could be sillier At closer range his face was strange But his manner was familiar So I walked up the stairs like a good girl should He followed me up the stairs like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be So listen and I'll tell you what this fella did to me I stepped to my door like a good girl should He stopped at my door like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy, wherever he may be so, listen while I tell you what this fella did to me. He asked me for a good night kiss. I said it's still good day. I would have told him more, except his lips got in the way. So I talked to my like a good girl should, and Maud talked to pa like I knew she would. And they all agreed on a married life for me. The guy is my guy wherever he may be. He followed me down the aisle like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy, wherever he may be And now you've heard the story of what someone did to me That's what he did to me
0: You'll enjoy hearing you hit that rhythm, Doris
5: Thanks, Roy Rowan I'm glad you're glad
0: You know, one thing a song has to have for me is rhythm
5: So what else is new? (laughs) Oh, I know, our show And it's time for me to welcome our first guest Those of you who saw the Warner Brothers picture I'll See You in My Dreams Know that I played the part of a woman Who was the wife and life inspiration Of one of our finest songwriters, Gus Kahn Of course, I'm speaking of Grace Kahn And, folks, I want you all to know it, too. May I present Mrs. Gus Kahn. I'm sure I don't have to ask Mrs. Gus Kahn if it's all right to call her Gracie. Okay, honey?
4: If you call me Mrs. Kahn, I'll pat you a dodo. Let's keep this family style.
5: (laughs) Good. You know, Gracie, so many people have written asking us about your life after the end of the picture. You know, what's happened since then? Couldn't you tell us a little something about it, huh?
4: I've never stopped being what I started to be the first time I heard a song by Gus Kahn. I know. His number one fan. And his number one song-plugger. That's what I still am to this day and proud of it. A (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: song-plugger. A fine song-plugger you are. Here you've had my ear and any number of other ears for half a minute, and you haven't even mentioned one song. You're not being shy now, are you, Gracie? Maybe I am a little,
4: Suppose I were to come right out and say my number one Guscon plug song right now is I'll See You in My Dreams. Can you imagine me doing that, Doris? (laughs) Gracie, I couldn't. Some song pluggers I know would come right out and say, Doris, the song I'd love to hear you sing right now is the one I love belongs to somebody else. But I wouldn't do a thing like that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Gracie, would you really like to hear me sing that song?
4: Dodo, you twisted
5: my arm. (laughs) (laughs) All kidding aside, honey, I think your spirit and enthusiasm were just great. Don't ever change. And thanks so much for coming over tonight, honey. It's just been wonderful seeing you again. I know that everybody listening in feels just as I do that they've gained something heartwarming in having met you. The one I love belongs to somebody else. The one I love
4: belongs to somebody else. He means his tender songs for somebody
2: else.
4: And even when I have my arms, around him I know his thoughts are strong for somebody else The hands I hold belong to somebody else I'll bet they're not so cold to somebody else It's tough to be alone on the shelf. Much worse to fall in love by yourself The one I love belongs to somebody else To somebody else, the
2: one I love
4: belongs to some.
5: folks i'd like to say a word about the one that belongs to you the one you love if he's in the service maybe in some remote part of the world the most precious thing in his life is the letters he gets from you from home so please keep him posted you know i want you to know about a letter that i got recently from a gi guy in korea it was dateline dogface villa and it read like this dear doris We had an outdoor movie a couple of weeks ago And in it, you and some silly character Spent six reels getting mad at each other Then making up Then getting mad again Then making up I don't know how it is now back in the States But it seems to us guys over here That somebody's wasting an awful lot of time (laughs) Well, anyway, he goes on to invite me over there And then he closes with If you can't make it in person, Doris The letter would make this particular mud hole Shine like a second lieutenant's bars the letter is signed Private First Class John Boseman, 40th Division, United States Army. Well, wherever you are, John, this one is just for you.
4: Oops, my heart went oops the moment that we met. My heart went oops, I never will forget. My heart turned hoops the moment that I met you. My feet went oops, I nearly took the spill. My knees went oops, they shook a bit until. My head went oops, you mustn't let it get you. I was going for a very, what you call a solitary sort of stroll. Just a twiddle in my thumbs when I heard a lot of drums begin to pound and roll. And oops, my heart went oops. Went into the spin of loop the loops. You must have thought me kin to nincompoops. The silly way I acted. Of course you couldn't know that you were so aglow and I was so attracted. But baby, take a bow. My heart is going oops right now. Just a twiddling my thumbs when I heard a lot of drums begin to pound and roll. And oops, my heart went oops. It went into a spin of loop the loops. You must have thought me kin to nincompoops, the silly way I acted. Of course you couldn't know that you were so aglow and I was baby, take a bow. My heart is going oops, oops, oops
0: right now. Say, uh, Doris.
5: Oh, hi, Roy. What's on your mind?
0: Well, uh, ever since I heard I was going to work with you, I've been thinking up ways to introduce you that would be, you know, different, sort of warm and friendly.
5: Well, I thought what you said at the opening was warm and friendly.
0: What? And here's Doris Day? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's not something that's going to last, but it's neat and to the point. Uh, how would you handle
0: it? Well, I hope you won't laugh at me.
5: I promise I won't laugh at you.
0: Okay. <clears throat> In Ireland, they have St. Patrick's Day. The Dutch have a day for the poppy. In France, day is jour. In Italy, giorno. In TV, the big days for hoppy. But here on the coast, where the sun sets a street and the stars are discovered by Horace, you could go a long ways and search hundreds of days, but you won't find one nicer than Doris. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, Roy, oh, that was so sweet.
0: Oh, oh really? Uh-huh. Uh, you liked it better than, and here's Doris Day?
5: Oh, well, who wouldn't? Oh, but, but listen, you can't do something like that with every introduction, Roy.
0: Oh, Doris, of course I can. Well, it's easy to think up rhymes about song titles and people, if you have the talent for it.
5: Um, you're sure about that? Perfectly. Fine. You can work one up for my next song.
0: Okay, what's the title?
5: Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai when I want to be with you tonight, Roy?
0: <laughs> well, uh, why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai... Shanghai? Well, there's, uh, there's got to be something that rhymes with Shanghai.
5: Tennis, anyone? <laughs>
0: Shanghai. <laughs> hey, I've got it.
5: Good. For a moment there, I thought we'd lost you.
0: <clears throat> And here's Doris Day to sing Shanghai.
5: (laughs) Oh, boy, that's wonderful.
4: Who's gonna kiss me? Who's gonna thrill me? Who's gonna hold me
2: tight
4: tonight? Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai? I wanna be with you tonight. Why did I holler I was going to Shanghai? I wanna be with you tonight. It was just a little misunderstanding that a kiss on the cheek could pass. I need you so badly. I Tell you It was bye-bye for Shanghai, I'm even allergic to rice Why don't you stop me when I talk about Shanghai It's just a lover's divide Now who's gonna kiss me, who's gonna thrill me, who's gonna hold me tight I'm right around the corner in the phone to rice why don't you stop me when I talk about Shanghai it's just a lover's deal
5: everybody. And now it's that time I've been looking forward to ever since we went on the air. Because it's the place in our show reserved for one of my very best friends. A man who, to my way of thinking, stands at the very top of the ladder in the entertainment field. He played my husband, Gus Kahn, in the Warner Brothers picture we've been talking about tonight. And to me, it was really a wonderful experience. Here he is, my friend, Danny Thomas. Oh, it's so wonderful to see you. And I'm so grateful that you took time to come by, knowing that you're working so hard on the television show and everything. <laughs> what
3: do you mean, working hard? Television's not tough, Dodo.
5: Really, Danny? Nah. Well, don't you spend hours and hours memorizing lines? Nah. <laughs> Aren't the rehearsals endless? Nah. <laughs> Danny Thomas, are you telling me the truth? Nah. <laughs>
3: You know, Dodo, speaking of television, there's one thing about show business that re- really stops me.
5: What's that, Danny?
3: I mean, how a doll with a face like yours turns up on radio while a nose with a face like mine shows up on television. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy.
5: And I think you're sweet. And you're so sweet that I've got a request to make.
3: Well, you just name it.
5: Well, remember that scene, and I'll see you in my dreams, where you finally came home to Chicago with me from New York? Yeah. Alone for the first time in so long. On the train. In our compartment.
4: And you sang my newest song.
5: We sang your newest song.
4: You know, I can almost hear it now. You hear? Another bride, another June, another sunny honeymoon, another season, another reason for making... Whooping A lot of shoes A lot of rice The groom is nervous He answers twice It's really killing That he's so willing To make Whooping Picture a little Love nest Down where the Roses cling Picture the same sweet loveness. Think what a year can bring. He's washing dishes and baby clothes. He's so ambitious, he even sews.
2: But don't forget, folks, that's what you get, folks. For for making
4: whooping. whooping Another year, or maybe less, What's this I hear? Well, can't you guess? Uh-uh. She feels neglected, and he's suspected of making whoopee.
2: Now, oh, honey.
4: She sits alone most every night. He doesn't phone. He doesn't write. I was busy. He says he's busy, but she says, is he? He's making whoopee. I have to work, don't I? That's work. He doesn't make much money Only 5,000 per Some judge who thinks he's funny Says you pay six to her
1: Ouch! He says,
4: now judge, suppose I fail The judge says, budge, right into jail You'd better keep her I think it's cheaper Than making
2: than Whoopee.
5: And remember, Danny, just when I started to kiss you, the porter knocked. And I opened the door, reluctantly. And the porter
0: said... Uh, pardon me, folks, but are you going to have some dinner? No thanks, porter. You see... We're making whoopee.
5: I have one more favor, please.
2: Anything, Dotto.
5: Well, it just doesn't seem right since you took time to come all the way over here just to sing one song. How about Ain't We Got Fun?
1: Huh? Well, if we ain't, who is? Let's go. Every morning, every evening,
5: ain't, ain't we got, got fun?
4: Not much money. Oh, but honey, ain't, ain't we got, got fun? The rent's unpaid dear.
1: We having a car.
4: But anyway, dear,
1: we'll stay as we
2: are.
4: Even if we owe the grocer, don't, don't we, we have
1: fun?
0: Tax collectors getting closer,
1: still we have fun.
0: There's nothing sure. the rich get rich and the poor get
1: poorer. In the meantime, in between time,
4: ain't we got fun? And if we owe the grocer, don't we have fun?
1: Tax collectors getting closer, still that guy around again.
4: There's nothing sure. the rich get rich. And the poor get
2: poorer. In the meantime,
4: in between times, still
2: we have a lot of fun. fun.
5: Oh, that was fun, Danny. You know, I wish we could make another picture together.
4: And you know, Dodo, I wish you get your wish.
5: And I want you to know that I consider your visiting me tonight a real expression of esprit de corps. Esprit de who? <laughs> you know, friendship. A subtle distillation of gratuitous adulation, ineffable, indissoluble, a reason for living, which, though adversity be imminent, never fluctuates, being imperishable,
3: not ephemeral. Hey, Dodo. How many times I told you no baby talk? Thank you,
4: Danny Thomas, and please come back real soon.
5: Well, folks, I've certainly enjoyed being with you tonight. Remember, if there's anything special you'd like to hear, just drop me a line. So, until we get together again next week, good night, everybody.
4: moments with you love to be with you Honest I do love to be with you where I belong singing my songs for you.
0: The Doris Day Show is a Martin Melcher production, directed and edited by Sam Pierce, written by David Gregory, and came to you transcribed from Hollywood. Doris Day appears through the courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures and may soon be seen in the winning team co-starring with Ronald Regan. Danny Thomas may soon be seen in the Warner Brothers production, The Jazz Singer. That winds up our first Doris Day show here in your Friday night lineup of musical programs. Doris and company will be back next Friday. As will Earl Wrightson in the Music Landers, Georgie Price in his big timers, and Robert Q's Waxworks. And say, music fans, tonight's edition of the Waxworks is still straight ahead of you. Stay tuned and hear it next on most of these same stations. And don't forget, we'll all be by next Friday with another night full of music. Roy Rowan speaking. Be sure to join us again next week at this same time when Doris will have as her guests Jack Smith and Jack Kirkwood. Yes, remember the time and the day for your date with Doris Day. And don't forget Sunday is Fun Day with Jack Benny on the CBS Radio Network. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening.